Praise the Lord. I'm glad y'all are here tonight. I'm glad everybody's tuned in tonight. I want to I want to finish this message tonight. I want to try on uh, that I've been preaching about being bold believers, being ministers of the Lord. And I preached last week about uh, about having ministering out of a full cup, an overflowing cup versus your cup always going down, 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 and coming back up, down, 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 coming back up. Ministering out of the overflow, amen? So if you miss that message, go back and listen to last Wednesday night's message because I can't review. If I do, I know I want to start preaching it again, and I'll never get anywhere tonight. So get your Bibles out and go, if you would, to Matthew 5.16. Matthew 5.16. I want to give you five things first. Is what should be your purpose in life. Some of you say in life, you know, well, my purpose is this or that. I'm going to give you five things that should set about your purpose in life. All right? So Matthew 5.16 says, So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The very first thing that you have as a purpose in life is to let your light shine. Do you know the most powerful words you have is to tell somebody what Jesus has done for you? It's the most powerful words you've got. If you're going to preach and you're going to share something with somebody, your testimony of how God delivered you is the most powerful thing that you have. There's a principle in the kingdom of God. The minute you begin to let your light shine and tell people what what God has done for you, there's something that ignites in heaven. It ignites in heaven because, see, what you're doing is you're really giving glory to God, right? And the moment you do that, I mean the anointing of God is released from heaven, and God begins to touch that other person. I don't know how many times in life I have told people what God has done for me, and I've had people's reactions where they got saved. I've had people's reactions where they just walked off. I've had people's reaction look at me and say, we always knew you were crazy. But it doesn't make any difference. My job's to let my light so shine before men that they may see my good works and glorify my Father in heaven. Amen? So when you are, listen to me. See, let me just get, oh, this is good. So many times we think that we got to get all, like, like, you know, we got to get all cleaned up. We got to be all perfect. But when you are a derelict and God touches your life and saves you, man, you got a great testimony. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to say? I was perfect, and then I met the one who was perfect. And then he let me into the kingdom, but I was already perfect. I mean, what? What testimony is that? You're a mess. You're crazy. That's why people get it wrong in church. They think they want to come to church, and everybody in church is perfect. Everybody in church is sick and hurting and needs healing. That's why they're in church. That holds what the whole principle is about. But when you let your light shine, so listen to me, no pressure, right? No pressure, but your purpose in life is to tell people what Jesus has done for you. So the next time you're with somebody and you hear somebody say, you know, whatever, blah, 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 and you can turn around and look at them and say, yeah, but let me tell you about Jesus, and this is what he did for me. You're fulfilling Matthew 5, 16. You don't have to be the great preacher. You don't have to have all the scriptures in the world. You don't have to be able to go from here to there or whatever. No, when you start doing that, the very first thing your purpose is, is letting your light shine, then God can move. Amen? Okay, second one. You find it in Matthew 6, 22. The second purpose you have on this earth. Now, I'm telling you, these will help you. If you write these down, even just put little notes, write these down, put them on your fridge. And get this message down in your heart that you can always just throw this right back at the devil. Say, I'm letting my light shine. I'm telling what God did for me. 
Man, it shuts him up so quick. You know, I'm telling you, if you beat the devil in the head with the word every day, man, he finally quits showing up. And if he does, he comes on his knees saying, okay, I got to come because the devil told me to come, but, you know, he's running off. You got to beat him in the head of the word. If you don't have the word on the inside of you, do you really believe it? Then he'll always come in and twist everything around and try to steal from you. Second thing is, is you got to stay focused. Everybody say, stay focused. Okay, Matthew 6.22 simply says this, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore, the light that is in you is darkness. Oh, how great is that darkness? Folks, the second thing you got to understand in life is you just have to keep your vision, keep your focus straight that you want to be a Christian and you want to serve God and you're going to do all you can to make it to heaven and bust through the gates and shout glory hallelujah. Don't lose your focus. Right now in the world, there's so much going on. You don't know what country's going to attack what country and what time. You got the Chinese over there trying to take over Taiwan. You got all the stuff going on over the Middle East. You got the Russians on the Ukrainian border. You got these people over here. You got countries I don't even know who they are. It's got to, you know, about to go. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not going to lose my focus. I'm going to stay focused. Okay? Keep my focus straight, and then you can have peace. But the minute you start just spinning your head around on your head, looking at everything, oh, my God, you're going to get lost, okay? So the second thing is you've got to stay focused. Matthew 6.22 is your scripture. Third thing, Proverbs 16.1, one of my favorite scriptures. God, years ago, I, I, I opened up my Bible to Proverbs 16 to read, threw it open, and that thing leapt off the page, hit me in the heart, and changed my life right there. It simply says this. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Okay, look at another Proverbs. Go to Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So Proverbs, this, this, this third point is you have to keep your heart. Listen to me. I don't care who you are. I don't care how Holy you think you are, how holy you have risen to. I don't care if you've gone and spent the night in the third heaven like Paul. You've got to guard your heart because the enemy is always going to want to be getting you off in the heart because if he gets you off in the heart, he gets you off in the head. And if he gets you off in the head, he gets you off in the mouth. And if he gets you off in the mouth, then you're sunk. So there's going to be times that you've got to keep your heart. You've got to make sure that, that you've got forgiveness. Huh? You don't have bitterness, envy. Look what happens here. Go to James chapter 3. Look what happens if you don't keep your heart. James 3.13. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, and do not boast and lie against the truth, the wis this wisdom, what wisdom? Bitter envy and self-seeking wisdom. Y'all with me? Y'all see that? All right. Bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart. Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom, this wisdom does not descend from above. Now, James calls this wisdom. Worldly wisdom versus godly wisdom. Right? He says, this wisdom doesn't descend from above, but it's earthly, 
Ooh, it's sensual. Oh, wow. Look at this next one. It's demonic. It's a devil. For where there is envy and self-seeking exists, wait, for where, the, where envy and self-seeking exists, comma, confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, just think about that for a second. Here's what the enemy's plan is, right? Get you off in the heart so that you'll get off in the head, so that you'll get off in the mouth, that you'll get your tongue going to death and lead yourself astray. It's his plan. It's his tactic. So you say, well, I just need to get my head on straight. Well, actually, just go to your heart. Get it straight. The rest lines up. It's a simple thing. You got to cut him off. So let's read the next part. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. It's then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. I mean, what are we going to do with that one? Huh? Willing to yield? Come on, cowboys, you pioneer women, strong-willed people, yeah, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So he's telling us here, If you want to know if you're flowing in the things of God, you're going to line up with the second group. Hello? Where there is the wisdom that's coming from above, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield. See, that's the minister flowing, a godly minister. Hello? And if you want to know if you're a demonic minister, what's happening? Oh, there's bitter envy self-seeking, you're boasting against the truth, it's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. Where there's envy and self-seeking exists, there's confusion and every evil thing. So literally, you can either be a demonic minister or a godly minister, depending on how the development of your heart is, right? I mean, I'm just preaching, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm just preaching the word. If it slaps you in the face, well, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, no, I'm not sorry. I'm glad. Get convicted and repent. Get your heart right. It's the devil's trick. If we could just learn this. You know, it's like, it's like um, playing a ball game, all right? Playing, playing football, playing in, uh, baseball, whatever. If you learn what, if, if every time the batter walked up to the pitcher going to throw the ball, and he knew the pitcher was only going to throw fastballs. Well, he wouldn't be worrying about the curves and everything else, right? The knuckleballs and all the sliders and this kind of stuff. He would know what he's going to do. I'm telling you tonight, you can always hit a home run with God if you just know this is a tactic of the devil. Get your heart off, get your head off, get your mouth off, and get you off track. So if anything, you start to hear your mouth being off, your thoughts are crazy, whatever, you got to go back to your heart. It's the key to being a great minister. Okay? So let me just back up here just a minute. Okay? So you're going to let your light shine, number one. You're going to stay focused, number two. Number three is you're going to keep your heart. Right? Okay. And then number four is pretty simple. Proverbs, again, I'm out of Proverbs. 
Proverbs 8.34. Proverbs 8.34. I just love the way this says it. I mean, I don't know how else you could say this any better. Right? Proverbs 8.34. Blessed is the man who listens to me. <laughs> That's about as plain, simple of English as you could probably ever get spoken to you. Blessed is the man who listens to me. Right? How are you going to make it any more black and white than that? If you listen to God and his direction, you're going to be a good minister for God. You have to keep your ears open. The fourth one, you have to keep your ears open for the direction of God. Okay? It's just that simple. That's your purpose in life. If you just wake up in the morning, if your heart's already right, you know your heart's right. You wake up in the morning and say, okay, Lord, I'm here. Servants, <clears throat> servants on duty. What do you want me to do today? How would you like me to approach these things? And you don't hear anything directly. You say, well, Lord, I just think you're going to order my steps and prepare my way, make all the crooked paths straight. I'm going to start walking, and Lord, get me at the end of the day where I needed to be. I don't know how many times in life that I've been around people or, or uh, you know, in a store or something like that that the Lord didn't say, hey, say something to that person or smile at that person, or shake that person's hand, or tell that serviceman, thank you for your service. I'm just listening. I'm just listening. Okay? Okay. So now, that's your purpose in life. Those simple four things. Okay? You get to say, but I want to give you four more things. Now, this is what I talked about the other night. I, I have, I'm calling it the three sixteens. All right? I'm going to give you four scriptures that are in the third chapter of the 16th verse, three sixteens. So obviously, the reason why I'm doing this is because I want you to have something not jotted down. So when you are ministering, you have something to say to a person. You can say, oh, I remember the three sixteens. If you memorize these three sixteens and can just say, pop them off, you can lead a person to Christ. You can minister to them. You can basically tell them all of the information they need to know at that moment by knowing the 316s, okay? First one is, obviously, John 316, right? God has made a way, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Everyone needs to know this scripture, right? Everybody in the world needs to know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right? That whosoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So you're going to remember John 3.16, John 3.16, John 3.16. Right? Okay, so we're staying with the 3.16s, third chapter, 16th verse. But this one is, number two, is 1 Corinthians 3.16. Okay, you got John 3.16, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you know that most people... If you just were trying to have a worldly discussion with a person, that, that most people do not understand what it means to be born again, okay? Their concept of being born again is like Nicodemus. Well, how can I be born again? I can't go back in my mother's womb and come back out. I mean, how are you talking about being born again? Most people, when you say you need to be born again, they don't understand what that means. Hello. And so what? What you've got to understand is, is that you've got to understand your audience. And I've told this story before, but I'll never forget. I was in the Ukraine, and I was preaching. And I'm standing on this stage that there's just over a 1,000 people standing out there uh, 
to hear the message. And all of a sudden, I realize it hits me that no one out there, they've been living under communism, no one out there knows anything about church. No one understands anything about the Bible. They don't have a Bible. They've not read a Bible. How would they know anything about a Bible? I'm supposed to stand up there and tell them about God. I'm supposed to stand up there and tell them about Jesus. And I'm just, all of a sudden, I panic. And I can, you know, they're all, I mean, if you've ever been around Russian-speaking people, you know, it's a different, it's a completely different thing. And, and you're just, there's, and there's, everything's going on. And I'm just like, oh, my Lord, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I, you've brought me all the way over here. I've, I've flown around the world to be over here to preach, and now I don't know what to say. What kind of a preacher am I? And then I, condemnation begins to come on me, and I'm like, no, you don't have time for that. You're about to preach. You're about to be the great guest speaker, and you don't know what to say. And I'll never forget the Holy Spirit spoke so softly to me. He said, pick up that leaf on the ground. And there was like a sycamore tree, and, and this leaf was there, and I picked it up, and it was a big leaf. And he said, tell him I'm the God that made that leaf. And I thought, oh, this is going to be really bad. I mean, I don't know how this is going to work. And so when I got up there, you know, made my greetings, and I held up this leaf, and I said, I'm here today. I've come from America. I've come from the state of Texas to come all the way over here to tell you of the God who made this leaf. He loves you. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. Look up into the sky because we're in an outdoor deal. You see those stars up there? The God who put those stars in the skies love you. And then the preacher's on. Then I was like, I can do this because I'm just going to take a natural thing. But if I'd have gone up there and said, the Lord said you must be born again, no one would have understood what I was talking about. So much of the world today doesn't understand what it means to be born again. But it's 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? You become a place, a dwelling place for the Spirit of the living God to dwell in you. The blood of Jesus is going to come upon your life. He's going to make your vessel holy, righteous, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight, so that now the Spirit of God can dwell on the inside of you. It's the second thing to tell somebody. The first Corinthians 3.16. All right? Now, third one. You knew I had to come up with this one. Second Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16 is the next thing. A person's got to know. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The Word of God is what's going to change their lives. Hello? A person, the mo you cannot be a greater minister than to just sit down and read the Word with somebody. Hello? If you want to be a minister for God, just read the Word with somebody. Say, let's just read this chapter. Because why the Word's alive? You just brought Jesus right into the scene. He's the teacher. He's the one that's, uh, that, you know, the scripture, the inspiration of the, of the word is going to get them. It doesn't have to be you. People are always so stifled and intimidated to not want to share the word or to not, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I know my Bible well enough. Man, throw that baby open and just read somewhere. Lord have mercy. God's big enough to make it all work out. Never be afraid. Never be afraid. My only problem with sharing the word with people today is I got to make sure and have my big letter Bible because I can't see it. I used to carry a little pocket with a little zip around it. Man, this baby was the most handiest thing. Carried it all over the world. 
I could just wherever I was unzip that thing, get in there. I, I got it out the other day, and I was like, holy cow, I put my glasses on. I said, man, I still can't even read that. So that's the only issue with me with the Word today. But the third one here is you, you, you're going you're gonna to show them a way to develop with 2 Timothy 3.16. Okay, so John 3.16, they're finding out God loves them. 1 Corinthians 3.16, they're finding out that now they're the temple of the living God. 2 Timothy 3.16, now they're finding out that, that God's going to develop them and keep them growing. This is, an, a, a, is a process. And then it brings me to the fourth one. Last one. Y'all ready? 2 Thessalonians 3.16. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now this is a simple one. It says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way, and the Lord would be, be with you all. 2 2 Thessalonians 3.16 is basically telling people God's always going to be with them. Now they're in the family. They're in the kingdom. Because they're in the kingdom, God's with them. His strong, mighty hand is upon them. And as his strong, mighty hand's upon them, he's going to take them through whatever's going on. He's going to take care of their issues, take care of their problems. So see, if you can remember these 3.16s, if you get them down in your heart, just remember John 3.16, 1 Corinthians 3.16, 2 Timothy 3.16, and 2 Thessalonians 3.16, you have a whole entire life message to preach to somebody. Here you go. Wow. You get the Bible out, you sit down with somebody, and you underline the 3.16s for them. It's so funny about Bibles. Sometimes people, they don't want to write in their Bible. You know, they're like, oh, don't write in my Bible. The only thing I've ever found that doesn't work well is highlighters. At first, I was really going to thought I was going to get into highlighting the scriptures and doing all that. Well, it bled over into the other page, and then I, I highlighted this side, but when I turned the page over, it's highlighted on that side. So I gave that up real quick. But my Bible has everything in the world written in here. You know? Can you imagine what it would do to a person that you gave them a New Testament and sat down and highlighted those 316s for them? Change their life. So this whole print, the whole point of this message has simply been this. Folks, listen to me. I believe with all of my heart that we are coming into a time that each and every one of you are going to have to be the ministers that you were called by God to be. I believe with all of my heart that people we live in this world, they're hurting. 50% of Americans right now are depressed. 60, over 60% of Americans are angry. People don't know what's right. They don't know which way's up. They don't know what's going on. They're, everybody's talking this. Our government's over here. This is over there. This is right over here. They don't know what's going on. And I'm just telling you, I believe that we are on the edge. We're on the precipice of a move of God. But it's not going to be a move of God that's going to be based upon one great preacher or one great denomination. It's going to be a move of God based upon you, you servants of God, you born-again believers ministering to one another. And I believe with all of my heart that that is going to be the move. I believe you're going to have to, be, you're going to, have to step up in life and be bold ministers. I believe that you need to, to even stretch yourself. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, Lord, by the end of this year, I want to have led 
30 people to Jesus. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But get ready to be a minister, right? But you can right there with the four three sixteens take care of that situation. Hello? And I don't know. I'm just, you know, just telling you what I know. I mean, it's going to have to be, people are going to have to be willing to do it. And, uh, and I just believe great things. I just believe it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be unbelievable. You know, I, I've told you the story so many times like when, I, when I was first saved and I just knew God was going to send me to Ethiopia. I don't know why I got that in my mind. I just got that in my head. Oh, my gosh, he's going to send me off out into the world. I'm going to go to Ethiopia and preach. And I remember the Lord speaking to me. He says, why would I send you to Ethiopia? You don't know anything. You don't even read the Bible. You don't know anything. And I was like, huh, that's right. I don't know nothing. I probably need to be taught something before I go do anything. I don't know anything. I don't even know. Thank you, Lord. That just, whew. But I'm telling you, you people, all y'all watching, you people in here, man, y'all are full of wealth, full of knowledge. You know so much. And it's time to share that with the world. It's time to stand up and boldly say, man, I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I believed. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I pray that helps you. I pray that gives you some ammunition, and uh, we'll see what we're going to do. God's going to move in this direction still or whatever, but praise the Lord. So to bless you? All right. Well, stand to your feet if you would. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for divine appointments. I want to pray for, for God to, to put you in places that you hear. But Father, I just pray. I start out praying right now, Lord. I pray for each and every person's heart who's listening. Lord, if, Lord, if anybody's out there that's watching, listening, that's in a bitter envy and self-seeking, that Lord, they've gotten over into the demonic whispers of lies, I just declare right now in the name of Jesus, by the anointing of God, that those lies are broken that unforgiveness is broken, that bitter envy is broken, and that, Lord, that right now that they will see the errors of their ways and will repent and turn to you, O Lord, so that we can be ministers of peace, we can be ministers of mercy, we can be ministers of grace in a dying and hurting world. Now, Lord, I just pray right now that you give us opportunities so that we can minister to people. You give us opportunities to encourage people. You give us opportunities, Lord God, to bless people. All along our path in life, all along our way, this, the rest of this week and from now on, Lord. I pray that that anointing just sits on us and that as we're on this edge of the greatest move of God on the face of the earth, Lord, that we can be the ministers, the servants that you want us to be, armed and well-equipped to fight our battles. And so, Lord, I ask you just to bless them. Bless their businesses, bless their finances, bless their giving. I declare, Lord God, that this church that we are going to truly be a water hole for the world. We're going to reach out. We're going to touch people. There is going to be freedom brought to people around the world, Lord. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.